0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time.
1: In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about cooking, music, and we have part one of our interview with Emmanuel Asuko.
0: Good uh, afternoon, evening, morning everybody. Welcome to an episode of The Kindness Project. It's our first live, not live-ish, I mean, we don't like, sort of send them out live, like we did in the old days. But live-ish episode of 2023, after all the sort of best of the 2022 ones that Russ very kindly sorted out for us and all that sort of stuff. Um, we are back. Hello, Charlotte and Russ. How are we doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good.
0: And I'm doing very well, thank you. Russ is Russ, a happy man today.
1: Russ, Russ,
0: he's been... Russ, he's Russ. been, Russ.
1: He's been uh, I'm feeling
2: a bit more myself now. When when we first came back to work at the beginning of the week, I was a bit lackluster, but I feel... Uh... Yeah,
0: we had, a, we had a weird week, right? didn't we, we did. with work, where I was asking you questions and you were giving me these random sort I, of I, answers that didn't I make any sense. I just couldn't focus,
2: but um, I'm sort of laser-sighted now. Yeah, I don't think you're
0: alone in that, to be honest. i was think... still in Christmas mode. Yeah, Russ was in Christmas Road. Well, the problem is that Christmas was 1987. Um, um, <laughs> I'm all, all when when having been... a go at Christmas Russell just because he likes to have
1: a break. Jesus, I'm this not is... saying either. I, this I'm is not what the about trouble
2: that. is. I don't usually take a break. And because I did, I couldn't get back into it.
0: Yeah, no, you know what? we we're, we're all. I think everybody was like that. That week coming back. Is always a bit sort of weird. Um, that's why I was um, really confused, right? About my <laughs> my first meeting that you booked, which was nine o'clock on the day we came back. What was that all about?
2: There was a reason for that. Go on. The, yeah, the available was nine o'clock Genu- on on that day or a Friday.
0: I'd assume that then January the third at nine o'clock isn't available by as standard though, right?
2: But... But you don't work on a Friday, so
0: <laughs> true. So, so all right, I'll let I'll let you off that one. How was uh, how was your so how was your Christmas, right, for for the benefit of our podcast listeners? I've,
2: I've got back into a lot of things I haven't been doing because I've been too wrapped up in other stuff. Okay, uh, cooking. Mm. I really enjoy cooking at Christmas, particularly. I always have Christmas dinner and stuff, but yeah, I've got back into more of a cycle of taking more time for myself, like in the evenings. I'm, I'm doing a bit of the cooking. As you know, Kelly does most of the cooking, but I'm doing a bit more of that. Walking the dog.
0: Yeah, cooking. Uh, Did you mention cooking, Russ? No. Did you mention uh, cooking uh, popless with Russ? <laughs> No no cooking. Are you are you wearing clothes while you're cooking, Russ? Or is it
2: I'm wearing clothes while I'm cooking, yeah. Do you nobody...
0: wear
2: a hat, bro? Do you wear a no, hat? Nobody likes to get their nipples stung by a bit of stray away or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too much information, Russ. <laughs> what nobody no. <laughs> Nobody really, likes getting their nipples stumped by a bit stray oil. You sound like a man who's talking from experience, is that?
2: Yeah, I've had that
0: experience. <laughs> no, you haven't. And Charlotte's joined us, and she seems to be still wearing a hat. So Raz doesn't wear a hat, because if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that Riles has got a hot head. Um, uh, But Charlotte's clearly got a cold head, because she's wearing her out indoors.
1: When have you seen me without this hat in the past?
0: I haven't. You've seen... You, over over Christmas, you've seemed to be constantly wearing a hat.
1: There was one time, I think it was October, Yeah. when Mum called me and I'd just got out of the shower and I was in nothing but my dressing gown and a beanie.
0: <laughs> so so the be- the beanie's a constant... Um, yeah, it's
1: a staple of accompaniment. Any
0: to the yeah. to the ensemble i've got to tell you though charlotte and i don't want to get anybody in trouble but um mum's thrown your beige hat out
1: yeah I know. i told her she could oh,
0: right, okay all right. gotta be a snitch uh, i thought <laughs> i thought i was telling tales out of school there she did she did ask did
1: she yeah she messaged me uh, yesterday and said what should we do with this and i said just get rid of it and she was like "Wires move <laughs>
0: That's because she'd already thrown
1: it away. You can't know that. That, that is a proper grassing up, ladies. <laughs> I know. What do he
0: you think he's trying to do, eh? That's because she'd already thrown it away. I think she told me about four or five days ago she chucked it away. She four must or five have days just... ago,
1: as in before I left, when I last saw it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it was gone, be... it it was was gone before way. then. She
2: walked out the door, she
0: was standing at the beach. Exactly. Exactly. She burnt it. In a ceremony at the back garden. Well, we I think all...
1: we'd already discussed the possibility of it being thrown away. I'd considered it a, a write-off as soon as I left that house without it. Sorry, and
0: have you have you still got half my clothes? Did you take any clothes with you before you left, or not?
1: I think i would accidentally taken one of Soph's hoodies.
0: Right. And okay, so not only are you stealing my clothes, you're now stealing your your baby's sister's clothes. Is that right?
1: Well, it wasn't intentional.
0: Really? Wasn't Is that a... the same as the the uh, tracksuit bottoms you've owned Tell now you. for uh, about five years of mine? Tell the ones
1: me. I'm wearing.
0: <laughs> the you ones you're wearing right now. The ones you never take off.
2: I've got a teeth and a grass. And I'm, a,
0: I'm the only good boy here. Perth. Naked cooker. <laughs> <laughs> we are not renaming the podcast about highlighting good things in the world and making sure we tell good stories. The teeth, the grass and the perth, all right? We're not doing it. <laughs> uh, no matter the lobbying, we're not doing it. The other thing I want to talk about today is um, I've booked on a day.
1: right. I'm
0: going on a cruise.
1: Right.
0: Um, we are cruising around the Norwegian fields. Oh, nice. Is that the right way to say it, Charlotte? Don't know. Beyond. Yeah, that's
1: that's the wrong way to say it. I just um fields.
0: But the problem is. Right.
1: I never heard. I never hear it said that way because it's the uh, name uh, of a character in a show I like, and they just. Well,
0: this is the other thing, Ross.
1: Apparently, people.
0: everything I'm saying at the minute I'm mispronouncing. Uh, say the word for a mug made of metal that you drink beer out of. Right. Uh, Starts with a T. A tanker. A tank. A tanker. Tanker. Tank card.
1: No.
2: yeah. tank card.
1: Sorry, it's a tank card. No, it's, so nice. it's
0: a tank card. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think I'm getting it wrong. But it's just really entertaining to wind Charlotte up. Every time we talk about it, I use the word tank card. Um, like that's the way we pronounce it. But how'd you do it, Charlotte? Tankard. Maybe if it'd have been Chelsea, it'd uh, be a tank card. Sorry. Maybe if you lived in Chelsea, it would be a tankard. Why, why, would, why would it be a tankard if I lived uh, in Chelsea? That's
2: gotta be the posse way
0: saying it, isn't it? Tank what, tankard? No, tankard. Ah, oh, tank uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's a tankard. And how are you saying it, Charlotte? It's a tankard. That's what I said,
2: tankard.
1: No!
2: That's why I thought it was a tankard, but now you made me second-guess myself. No, I
0: think you two are right, to be honest. Um, So, two questions of the podcast today. Not that anybody ever answers our questions of the podcast anymore, but um, please answer if you're listening to our questions of the podcast. Um, Two questions of the podcast today. Number one, what's the word you mispronounce the most? And... Um, Because of my cruise situation at the minute, I'm spending quite a lot of time researching cruises on YouTube. So question number two, clearly, is uh, what's your current YouTube obsession? So who wants to start with either of those questions? Oh, Well, sorry, what
2: was the first question? YouTube obsession... So I uh, cleared my mind to what I watch on YouTube now. So right. I, I'll start there. Go on in. I watch free things on YouTube.
0: Yeah.
2: I do a lot of research on YouTube for new technological stuff.
0: Right.
2: I watch FM videos, rebuilds, and and. For,
0: for our audience who doesn't know what FM is, it oh, yeah, stands well, for football. football Manager. Football Manager,
2: right? Yeah, which is a computer game. Right. And I watched a lot of the music. Uh, now, if I'm in a musical mode, like uh, like sit there and listen to some music, I go down and rabbit hole. Uh, I pick one song, and then it shows you loads of other... It recommends loads of others like it.
0: check. Go and So uh, tell uh, me about a music uh, rabbit hole you uh, went uh, down recently.
2: It. I went down... Ah. Uh, Viking... Uh, What's it? Viking uh, charge. Valhalla called in. Uh, my mother told me. And
0: Viking. You went down a bike. That is niche, Russ. Viking child. Char- char- YouTube. Flag.
2: When when I need to, to uh, pump up my mood, they're, they're really good for uh, getting <laughs> you in a good mood.
0: Russ the Viking. I can imagine him as a Viking, Charlotte. Can't you? <laughs> What about
2: your mispronounced word, Russ? Well, thank you. Uh, Mispronounced. Ah, I brought one recently after I see you wearing one. Uh, of course A gilet. Gilet?
0: Gilet. Uh, uh, gilet. Is that... <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought yourself a gilet, Russ. Charlotte. You, know, you know what I'm talking about, didn't you? Oh, you know what, Charlotte? I know we keep on talking on the podcast about Russ's cooking show. It shouldn't be Topless Cooking with Russ. It should be gilet cooking it, with Russ.
2: It reminds me of a life fest. You know, It is a bit. But they are cosy, they aren't they? But they give your arms the freedom to wiggle about. So it's so all good. I've upgraded a lot of my tops now because I was still wearing tops from the 1990s. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> jumpers, eh? But I,
0: bought, you, I uh, mean, you were either wearing jumpers from 1990 or jumpers that used to be owned by then, your dad. Now, they're as they're fashion choices go, right? Well,
2: whole buyer... So I wear jumpers from my dad, but Charlotte obviously wears jumpers from all over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she wears trousers from her dad. I don't know what's going on uh, with that. Um, what's, your, uh, what's your mispronounced word then, Charlotte?
1: It's not mispronounced. Um, but I did discover about a year ago that I, for all of my life before then, had been spelling the word pigeon wrong.
0: Spelling it wrong or saying it wrong?
1: Spelling it wrong. But
0: how are you spelling pigeon?
1: pigeon? The I, I, there was a D in there before the G.
0: <laughs> yeah, p- pigeon is one of those ones that's a bit strange, isn't it? Spell. So I'll, I'll let you have that one. Um, how about your YouTube rabbit hole beyond the obvious? I don't want D&D and I don't want something... Our audience already knows what's your unusual YouTube rabbit hole.
1: I don't really have one, like you know, um, you improv comedy sketches, improv musicals. So, obviously... whose
0: line is it anyway? Stuff, stuff,
1: yeah, a little bit. I remember
0: um, when you got obsessed with who, whose line is it anyway,
1: just because it's funny, then, it is funny, you know, the same ones circulate, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm done with this now. <laughs>
0: And um, what's your favorite um Whose Line Is It Anyway sketch? I don't
1: know.
0: I don't no. know. Do you remember Whose Line Is It Anyway, Russ? I didn't watch it. Right. So Whose Line Whose Line Is It Anyway? Again, same as your t-shirts. It was a show from the nineties, right? It was it was this um show where basically they threw up um, they had an audience and they threw up ideas yep. and they had to then improvise a comedy sketch. Oh, so I've said it. I've said it. So I'd say let's do it now, right? Uh, Charlotte, you are an Italian um, uh, policeman who's right. arresting Russell who is a Spanish super criminal.
2: I thought I was going to be a I thought I was gonna be a BS winning football don't Then
0: no, no, no. Spanish super cr- criminal uh, who's built a laser to take over the world. Go. Oh. <sighs>
1: um, I can't do the
0: accent. Now you gotta try the accent, at least. What accent even did I give you? The accent. What accent did
1: I give you? Italian.
0: Go on. What does the Italian accent sound like? I would have preferred Italian to be. All right, you do Italian.
1: What do you want? What accent do you want? I
0: can't do accents, Dad. All right. Okay. All right. So, I'll, let's say a London-based policeman who's right. trying to track down an Italian super criminal. Go. So I've
1: spotted him. Then is he here? Is he? What?
0: The... <laughs> what do you? Right, you've spied him. You've spied him. He's coming in. He, he was doing his shopping in Tesco's, and you've got eye there. And he was—he's just in the process of picking up a chicken. Come,
1: stop, <laughs> Mamma Mia! No, stop,
2: <laughs> Mamma Mia! <laughs> um, I mean, are you
1: going to stop? We're not stopping. You are (laughs) stopping. Go away
2: from me. No. I I mean, what you can't
0: see, podcast listeners, is the the gesticulation. I mean, the accent is something else, but the gesticulation just adds. (laughs) It's the same arm move every single time. It's just like that. Oh, I mean the what? What the, can we can we have a bit more enthusiasm from you, Charlotte? Because Ross is bringing his like best to the table, <laughs> right? So we
2: know, we know the scenario now:
0: Italian super criminal, enthusiastic <laughs> London detective, right? Okay. And the scenario is: Ross is in. Um, <laughs> Can I be Chinese? <laughs> no, no, no,
2: <laughs> no, definitely not. I would have thought a, no. a super criminal that's building the laser would more likely to be from China than the That's racist, Rose,
0: and yeah, I won't
2: accept it. <laughs> They're just more technologically advanced than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare. You're already
0: starting it. You're
2: already starting
0: it okay you choose your own accents but the um the scenario is and if you want to go you know uh norfolk could be good norwich okay norwich what all right let's do norwich norwich right okay fine um so you're a policeman charlotte russ is a super criminal with a space laser you see him getting his key cut in Timpsons and um, you're getting your you're buying a set of shoelaces, and you want to apprehend him through his space la- laser. Go! Oh, what
1: are you doing here?
0: <laughs> <Bow-wipple>.
1: <laughs> absolutely
2: uh,
0: No, you can't do, No, you can't just do that You can't just say one thing all the time. <laughs> All right. Like Mamma Mia and Beautiful, aren't, you're not committing <laughs> to the role. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you doing here? You would you you wouldn't say Beautiful after that, would you? I think Beautiful. All oh, right. <laughs> okay, <I> smile. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm gonna step out again. Start again. All right. Oi, What, what you
1: are you doing here?
2: <laughs> running away from you.
1: That's fair enough. Can't let you
2: do it,
1: though. Don't chase me. Uh, I'm not good at running.
0: (laughs) 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 Maybe improv we should leave. Maybe improv we should leave. And move move on to a little bit of... (laughs) So... (laughs) Beautiful. Um, So, I mean, let's just ignore the fact that Charlotte would make the worst policeman ever. I'm not going to run after you. I'm not that good at running. It's probably a response that um, you shouldn't have when you're a policeman. Uh, On that note, I want to talk about a part of the world that, weirdly, I am... um, I'm a bit... I'm a bit... um, Upset is with at the minute, uh, Wrexham in Wales. And the reason being, if you haven't seen it, there's an amazing documentary about Ryan Reynolds and Rob Mac- Ah, And this is uh, something I can't pronounce, I think it's McCannahay Mac- Can- buying uh, Wrexham Football Club. But and and it, what's great about the show, it's on Disney Plus called This is Wrexham is it not only showcases the club and you know, Ryan and and Rob getting involved and and sort of helping hopefully to develop the club but it club but it also showcases the town both the good bits and bad bits and one of the things that um uh, I didn't realize um uh, is Rexham's also a kind place because a man's been handing out £400 to strangers in a festive act of kindness. Um, A man praised his random acts of festive kindness and revealed that he helped five families and gave away £400 of his own money. Last week, the leader of the newspaper reported that a young mum was left speechless I've been handed an envelope in Smythes, which contained a card inside of which £800 in cash and a heartfelt message. The kind stranger has now come forward to re- reveal why he did it and what he did. Wishing to only go by his first name, Michael said, "The cost of living crisis is tough on everyone. I remember seeing a report on the news about a mother who was struggling with her energy bills, feeding her children and preparing for." christmas i was not always fortu- fortunate and never had many joys as a child so this report stuck a co- struck a call with me i decided to use 400 pound of my own money to up five families in my own small way the logical place to find them was in a toy shop uh, smith's the 50 year old from wrexham continued i'm not a rich person i work in a factory and pay by the hour i work hard and i'm grateful for what i have my only regret about giving this money away is that my handwriting looks awful but there is a reason for that i sat in to writing out the cards and a refugee lady and adult sat across from me the lady had bags of christmas shopping an adult was sitting with her her hands around a warm drink i remember the girls frizzy hair. they were going to be the first to get a card so I wrote the cards out, hurriedly prepared theirs, hoping to finish before I left. I handed the card to the mother and said, Merry Christmas. Um, And Rosie Walken, one of the people, handed the card, said she didn't have the chance to thank him by the time he'd left. What an amazing thing to do, um, particularly during the uh, Christmas period. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that generosity justify families will make a difference in their lives what do you think guys yeah I agree. yeah
1: yeah the fact that he rushed to do it as well is real sweet uh,
2: i think supporting other people is a good way to feel good about yourself as well
0: yeah 100 100 it's it's an amazing thing to do but to, to have that i mean it's interesting isn't it you know, we try and do our like donate to charities and do other work, but that direct impact kindness where you just say to somebody, here's the money, change, you know, make your Christmas a little bit easier, um, has a decent chunk of impact. Um, next one is uh uh, four, this is from, uh, we, we should have said that this is clearly regional addiction because we've got one from um, Wales and one from Scotland. Uh, four Files customers praised for generosity, four from Scotland. Four Files Tesco customers have been thanked for their generosity to the company's annual local charity, Food Bank Appeal, despite pressures on cost of living. The Tesco's have said that despite increased pressures on everyone, jobbers have been their most generous ever, and I'm pretty sure, guys, that this won't only be restricted to uh, the 4 fox Tesco's, Right? We—I'll um, tell you a little bit more about the story in a minute. But we—I uh, I, every year I got, get involved in a, a Christmas sleigh around my part of. The Essex East London borders um, around Hornchurch and that sort of stuff. And yes, the, there is a cost of living crisis, and a lot of people find it hard. But my experience is that the people who are, who are doing okay were as generous as ever. So um, it's an amazing thing. Um, going back to the story, Tesco's has said that despite. In- Oh. Freezes. It's in their most generous um, ever in support, support of the Sorry, appeal.
2: just hold on. You're going to have to re-record the first bit again. You froze and
0: it, it totally cut out the audio. Okay, right from the start, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so the next story I've got is one about a Tesco's in Scotland in Forfar. And the customers have been praised for their generosity. Tesco has said that despite increased pressures on everyone, jobs have been their most generous ever in support of the appeal. Customers donated more than 2.4 million meals during the Tesco Food Collection at beginning of December, with... 3,581 of these meals donated from shoppers in Forfar. So through the collections that Tesco's doing their stores, 2.4 million meals have been created. That's an incredible scale. The total amount of food donated by Tesco shoppers to the Trussell Trust and Fair Share during the during the year was equivalent to 12.5 million meals. Now I'm of a mixed perception on this i um rather blinkedly where food banks don't need to exist um and that might be naive of me to say what do you guys think
2: i think they serve a purpose a a definite purpose
0: Well, certainly certainly in my naive perspective, I'd like to make sure that people were looked after enough. They didn't have to worry about their food. But because we're not in that situation, um, clearly they do serve a purpose. And what it does show is people are super generous to help help yeah. out when they need to. Um, the donations to the Trust Trials help food banks to provide emergency food parcels to people in crisis, while donations to fair shares support thousands of frontline local charities and communities across the country. Tesco's have also topped up all customer donations during the collection by 20% in cash. Jason Terry, Tesco UK, Northern Ireland CEO, attributed the rising donations up 33% to the food collection alone to both the incredible generosity of customers and the supermarket making it easier for them to donate. Um yeah you know, I i firmly believe that when times are tough, um actually people do people who can afford to do help out. And yeah. You know, we see we're seeing that at set of we're places. Yeah. What do you think, Charlotte?
1: Yeah, I definitely think people sort of like will react in times of crisis and usually in positive ways as
0: well yeah um lindy lindy boswell fair share chief executive said our charities have told us how difficult things have become with many expecting to see a huge increase in need as the weather gets even colder the support we've seen will help fair share to continue getting much needed food to the people uh who who need it the most um uh and i absolutely love that um and and Emma Traswell Trust, and Trust uh, Chief Executive, said, food banks across the UK are facing their hardest winter yet as they struggle to cope with tsunami of need caused by the cost-of-living emergency. Um, on a daily basis, food banks in our network are hearing from families up and down the country who are having to make impossible decisions about putting food on the table or turning on their eating, um, certainly one that I'd struggle to make. So well done. Fair Share Tesco's, Drazzle Trust, and the amazing people who supported them to do that uh, throughout the UK. <clears throat> on that note, let's get on to our uh, interview. Uh, we've got part one of an interview with Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel's a lovely guy, does loads for charity. He's a fellow financial planner uh, who um, I've known for a number of years. But um, does a lot in communities supporting them with their financial education. So let's listen to the first part of Emmanuel's interview. Thank you, Iman, for coming on and talking to me today. How's your week been?
3: Yeah, it's been good, Chris. It's been good. Um, can't complain. Obviously, we're on the on it's Christmas time. You know, everyone's happy, everyone's smiley. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like people's attitudes change. It's almost like you know we've been crisis, crisis, crisis for the whole year, and then it's like forget the crisis. I'm gonna enjoy myself.
0: Well, exactly. It's been an interesting year this year, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it has. It's been really interesting. Like you know, I think emotionally, I think I think just people didn't realize how much money dominates their life. I think we make financial decisions every day, so so like unconsciously that actually now. When you can't do that anymore because you haven't got the money to, or or you're thinking, do I pay this bill or I owe money here? A lot of people are in that position for the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and actually, I mean, you'd never you'd never wish or hope that somebody's in a position when they need to focus on it because yeah. they're worried. But actually, it will it will change a lot of people's perspectives about having better control,
3: right? Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, the funniest thing is, is that, um, and you probably do the same. We like we learn being a financial advisor, you learn about inflation and the effects, and you read in the book and you talk yeah. about it. And and it's one of the first things that like, I've been doing this 15 years, and you've been doing it longer than that. And it's one of the first things they teach you in financial advisor like language is one of the reasons you need to invest is because of inflation. 100%. And we've been talking about this for years, and people have been looking at us like it's a mythic <laughs> yeah. like we're just lying. That's,
0: that's because inflation's been super so low for low? Like, so, the majority of our careers, right? Exactly. That's the interesting
3: thing. So everyone's been acting like no, Oh, this guy just we like we've made it up, like we've just created this thing. <laughs> yeah. And now everywhere I go, all they talk about is inflation and the cost of living and the and it's like we have been saying this for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah, exactly. Like, actually, I think a lot of people have been educated through this time. It's a shame that it's had to have this adversity for people to even listen or take notice. But yeah. actually, I think a lot, a lot of people will be better once they get out of this um going forward and be able to also teach these things to their children and, and so forth because they've actually experienced it
0: we we had a we had a a really interesting guy on the podcast and on the podcast we don't primarily talk about money we talk about people doing good stuff in the world yeah. but if there's somebody i feel is really adding value in terms of the education piece yeah um I, I i have them on and there's a really good guy he's based over in in asia uh a guy called will rainey i don't know if you've heard yes, I, know, will,
3: him. I know will i know will, I know will. will. The, yeah, so, the children's book
0: yeah yeah it yeah. Yeah, so has got the sort of the, the money fables book yeah and I, Interestingly, some of the explanations he uses in that are really compelling in terms of the like using storytelling to explain how it works. Exactly. I'm I'm optimistic, Eman, that we're going to get to a position where um uh people will become more educated yes. and learn over the longer term um and I'm, I'm i'm thinking i'm thinking that um i'm thinking that all we need to do is keep on banging the drama about saying look and 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 actually the reality is that most good quality financial planners want people to have happier healthier lives exactly. using money as a tool um exactly. uh, and the, and, the, and that's the idea for those in our audience um who don't know about you tell us a bit about you
3: Yeah. So, um, I guess what I do, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor, um, qualified have been for over 15 years. Um, but in the last five years, um, I've gone on to more, do more social media. So I just got kind of fed up of just helping like really wealthy people get wealthier. Um, and it just didn't motivate me. There's nothing wrong with it. Like sometimes I feel like financial advisors feel like I'm, I'm coming at them, attacking them because all the, like, and it's like, I'm not coming at you, but it's just, fulfillment. There's different things that fulfill us in life. Purpose, right? And purpose. And because of where I've come from in life, it just didn't, it felt like a false reality because I know people are suffering because my parents and my life, we suffered to get to where we are. And it just felt like I'm in this new world where everyone has money and everyone goes out to dinner and everyone doesn't look at the bill and just pays and it, there's this money and there's just abundance. And it's like, actually, there are so many people struggling that don't believe this life exists. And it almost was like for me is like, actually, let me take my learning and my experience and actually teach people that actually there's another life out there that people are living and yeah. you can live it too if you just make different decisions.
0: See, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I think people who work in our world, and there's yeah. not that many of us, actually, no. but people who work in our world who have gone through that, you know, working class experience. Yeah. And, yeah. and and so I, I was born, I, I, I think I might have told you before, but I was born in sort of Cannon Town, so Around just down the road yeah. from where you are. Um, and not a bad, like,
3: I, it's an interesting one. How did you feel growing up? Did you know that you were... No. Everyone was... Everybody was the same. So it's one of the... It was even embarrassing. I remember telling the story like my dad got um, a pay rise at work and he went like a a grand over the, the free school meals amount. So I had to, I could no longer qualify for free school meals. Okay. And it was weird because everybody had, like you used to get <laughs> a different dinner ticket <laughs> yeah. and everyone had the dinner ticket that, you know, was for free. And when you start, anyone that had the dinner ticket that that paid, it was almost like, oh, you're rich. Like you don't, yeah. pay, you pay for your school dinners. And it yeah. was like, that was the reality, that like everybody was poor, so nobody really felt it. Do you know exactly, what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And and to be, to be
0: honest, I think, weirdly, when I think about growing up where I grew up, community was really important.
3: Exactly.
0: Um, And, and I think what, what we bring to, to our world is that just fresh perspective. And I, I, you know what I think it comes down to, for me, gratitude. You know, I'm yeah. lucky that I've had the opportunities that I've had, built a yeah. business have a really decent life so what yeah. do I need to do to give back a bit and I think you're probably you're probably in the in the in the same boat in that regard but yeah it's yeah. it's it's interesting isn't it that um uh that that goes on so what else do we need to know about you to understand you
3: yeah, to understand me really, like, like what you you were saying, I, I grew up in Tower Hamlets, so literally round the corner from, um, like I lived in Limehouse, so I literally DLR, Cannon Town is literally round the corner. That's it. Um, you know, and and hackney I always say Tower Hamlets, Newham, and Hackney. Those those three parts of East London, we kind of had the same life experience. It was it was very very similar, and so I couldn't you know, see Canary Wharf from my ass though. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. And so could I. And so like you know, my parents were both born in Nigeria, so I was the first person in my family to be. be born in the UK I'm the oldest child two younger sisters growing up in Limehouse you know you share a postcode with Canary so E14 so I literally shared a so you can imagine living on a council state in poverty rats you know, rubbish everywhere, like just not a nice environment. And literally you look out the window and you see these buildings in Canary Wolf and some of the like billion pound banks and some yeah, of the, yeah. the richest companies in the world. And it's like, you share a postcode, you have the same postcode yeah. with these and it's just a different world. Yeah. And so, for me, like a big thing, a big thing for me was looking at and saying, "I want to get over there because that's where I'm going to get to change my situation." You know, my dad was an accountant, so he made me do finance. Like I couldn't do anything else. Um, and then my mum, she she used to work in a in a um, in, in schools, so she was a dinner lady. So and the reason she did Famous that, Mama. yeah, the reason she did that was so she could be home. Um, you know, because one of the big things is about kids being on the street, and we'll talk about that more with the charity. But the one of the big things is is that you know I was lucky. What saved me was the fact because I I had to pick up my sisters from school, come home, and then my mum would come home, and it's like I hadn't I couldn't be on the streets hanging out, yeah, and yeah. so I had a different life to a lot of my friends. Because my mom had to, my mom chose to be at home, yeah. whereas a lot of other parents, and this is not a, a slight on them, because they you got to do what you got to do where we come from. A lot of them had, took up second jobs, and so after their first job, they then go to which meant the kids they wouldn't get home till you know eight nine o'clock, and so the kids kind of had to fend for themselves, yeah. and a lot of the time that meant being on the street and getting up to the mischief, and and then you know getting into into gangs and so forth. So for me, I was I was saved by that, and so because of that, it was like I had I had to focus. I had to achieve i had to win and canary wolf was my, my way out and that's kind of became my focus and that's i guess why i'm a financial advisor today
0: really interesting so so a serious point and then a slightly flippant point firstly yeah. the serious point yeah i am um, i lost my mum in 2019 funny oh, enough i write easy. that in the book um uh, and she's the one where the value of of empathy and kindness yeah and it's interesting man because she was shocking with money my dad was the financially prudent one and actually taught me a lot of skills that I've got today to to start me off um uh, but one thing she was is really kind um and and actually you when looking back I think you get different qualities from your mum and dad tell me a bit about that for
3: you where where do those qualities that you've got now come from? I am the same as you. And it's, it's funny um because I'm speaking to you and I see so much of you in me. And I, I feel like we come from similar backgrounds, you know, and we've had similar life experiences and we're both financial advisors. And it's funny because and it's funny because sometimes in life we we base so much on on color and race, and we say people must be different because they because you're white, I'm black. So with but actually a lot of the things that you're talking about. I've been through the exact same about, thing
0: for me. Like uh, you need to look beyond that and say, what values do we share? You know exactly. what, what what value. And 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 it's it's weird. I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but growing up where I where we grew up, yeah, actually, colour was less of an issue it wasn't, because everybody I, was in the
3: same it, boat. Everyone's. In, and I tell people as well, like you know, Tower Hamlets is mainly a Bangladeshi area, so there was no. I, I never experienced racism as a child. I yeah. never because. It, you know if anything white people were the minority do you know what i mean they, they were yeah. the, they were the few and so actually we all just got along we all was just trying we all just you know what i mean everyone just knew each other like you said it was very much about community nobody really had anything so if somebody had something they'd share it, it do you out. know what i mean it yeah, would be, yeah. it'd be everyone's it, it would it's so it, it to me growing up it just this color thing i didn't realize until i went to canary wolf and, and we'll get yeah. into that but I, actually I, I, my experience I, wasn't that
0: but I suppose one of the interesting things, and I, I want to explore this, because I know you do loads of work helping Black communities yeah. start businesses. Do you, what is that gap? Help me, because I've probably not got a good perspective on that. Yeah. So, what is that gap, and what do we need to do to empower people
3: of all colours to, yeah. to get
0: better at managing money?
3: I think the big thing is 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 knowledge. The big gap is knowledge, and and, and what you have to understand is is that you know like my parents for example they came from Nigeria when it comes to buying if you want to buy a house in Nigeria there's no such thing as a mortgage you right. buy the land and you and then you build and, and and create your house you don't go to the bank for a loan if you anything you want to do is it's it's a, it's a cash-based cash based system So, so when you come over to the UK and now it's, you know, credit scores, and if nobody spends time to educate you on the, on the new system, you have to learn by mistake. And so what happens in the community is a lot of people learn by mistake. Then remember, we've got a lot of, a lot of, um, culture differences. So, um, Obviously, what happens is is over over time we were told we were very much segregated so even being Nigerian there are, there are there's Yoruba, there's Ibo there's how so they're, they're all segregated and even in there they're segregated so what happens is you come over here and you segregate yourself so you don't you don't communicate you don't mix with people that even fellow Nigerians you might not mix with other Nigerians that come from other interesting. Parts
0: yeah, so what happens
3: is, is that the knowledge doesn't spread. It's only a few people. And so because of that, you will look for someone like yourself to give you the information. But then those people don't, are not in those positions. Yeah. And so what happens is, is that then somebody will say, oh, I think you should do this. And this is how you get scammed and how you make bad mistakes and how you lose money
0: yeah yeah because you're looking for somebody within that really potentially small community exactly. to help you out exactly. um but but that i mean that is really interesting and i think i think you know one of the things i'm really grateful for when i think about sort of our story is just living on the edge as you say living on the edge of canary Wharf, for living on the edge of london yeah and having the opportunity to just talk just talk to people with different life experiences i think exactly. that's I think it's been interesting. The more flippant question is uh my life experiences that my mum used to bring school dinners home. Yes. So for, the, for for the for the majority of like between probably about 7 to 12 yes. I used to eat school dinners during the day and school dinners um for uh for dinner um not the best experience culinary wise in the world to be honest but um what it did do though is i, l- I do love a like bread pudding oh yeah. give me a bread pudding! you know those like really stodgy desserts which da- now i'm in my 40s hey, man, does nothing for me because i've got to, got to do an extra two hours in the gym to, <laughs> to make sure i burn it off um so um we're going to talk about the charity quite a lot but i know you've got a book coming out so tell yeah. us a bit about that
3: yeah, so I, I wrote a book. And, and again, it goes back to what we're saying about trying to reach people at their point. So the more I realise that the more, the more, you know, social media, now I do national television and, and so forth, the more I reach out is one to many. So there's less one to one. And so what I wanted to do was write a book that could allow people to get like the questions that I get all the time, be able to find the answers in this book, so that they can get they don't have to be held back because maybe they can't afford to pay for a one-to-one, or they they don't work in a company that I that can afford to pay me to come in and speak, or yeah. or whatever it may be. It was about making myself available. So the, the the book is called Get Your Money Right, and it's really just about it's just it's teaching people all the way from how the how the financial system works in the UK. Like I was telling you, my parents came over and no one taught them how the system works, so they had to learn from mistakes. So the first, it starts all the way from how does this how do we get to the system how does it work what, are, what what are the ways to make it work for you and then goes all the way through to budgeting investing like all, all the way to it ends in philanthropy so if yeah. you make all this money philanthropy and that's the real that's the real i would say the real hus the real boast if you really if you're really wealthy buying yachts and cars is not what really the real like your real boast in life yeah. real boasting is when you can say listen I'm gonna be a philanthropist. I'm gonna give this, and we're seeing it with you know Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, people who are, have made all this money. Said, I'm not leaving it to my kids. If they, if they can't, the life that I've given them, if that's not enough for them, then my money is wasted on them.
0: I 100 percent agree, and it, it's really, it's really interesting isn't it? because I, I think when I, when I look at sort of, yeah, and we can. There's a broader conversation about money and happiness, isn't there? Yeah. And we know yeah. that stuff, just stuff might give you a, a temporary boost but doesn't make you
3: happy exactly
0: doing stuff for other people yeah is so important i mean in one i mean interestingly i, I share that in the Carnage project book yeah i share the letter that bill yeah. gates wrote to warren Buffett about giving it giving away a lot of his money and if you ever yeah. read it listeners it's an amazing read um but yeah, I agree what's the point of the wealth if you're not doing good in the world right. I had a client the other day said to me um and I think he's put it the most succinctly out of anybody I've spoken to I just want to leave the world a bit of a better place when I leave it as opposed to when I come in and I think if we all had that attitude the world would be a better place wouldn't it
3: No, definitely, definitely. I think that's the big thing for me. So I I want people to understand that, you know, like there's a there's don't get me like you said, there's a joy in going on nice holidays, there's a joy in driving a nice car and having nice clothes and watches and all of these types of things. But there's a certain there's a certain level that you realize and and trust me it's when you when you make money when you've been around money like us you know we've made like financial advisors I always tell people like people when it comes to working in the bank i don't think there's any better job than a financial advisor you might make more money doing other jobs like investment manager or fund manager or investment. i loved
0: it but the lifestyle
3: of a financial advisor is just It's unmatched, it's unmatched, especially if you're good and, you know, you have real relationships with your clients and then your clients become friends and you basically get to have a chat with your mates once a year and get paid for it. It's just, it's just mind blowing, you know, and then you can start getting invited to weddings and birthday parties. It's just a different life.
0: That's it. I mean, there, there. It is a privilege doing what we do. Yeah, um, definitely. When, when I get good at it, hey Amen. I'll let you know so you can tell <laughs> no, what that lifestyle is like as well.
3: <laughs> now you're amazing. I always tell people. I I, I, I tell people. I tell people around like you. Like doing this podcast means a lot to me because actually, um a few years ago when I was when I was looking for another job, I actually reached out to you and, and remember. You know, and and because you're one you're you were the only company I saw that was actually doing it in an ethical way and actually doing it wanting to help people um and not just boasting about you know the, the kind of SJP model where it's all about we're the highest net worth with are like expensive business cards and brochures and all that. Actually you're just about helping people at a core level and just helping people get to better places and giving out positive. Me- Leading with value, I think uh, one of the problems with us, I guess, as financial advisors, is that I don't think we always lead with value. No. We kind of, we kind of, we're kind of trying to not say too much because we want to save it all for once you've paid. And actually, there's there's a value in helping people, even if they never become a client. I know 100%. that I meet people all the time that stop me and like, I was the first to buy a house in my family. I've never met them in my life, but they've been watching my videos for the last but, three or four years. But this is and the interesting
0: thing: I, I've never like when clients come to us, and, and we're really like to years into a steady flow of clients joint like to, wanting to join the business um it's all about well you know we watch something that you or or even i mean actually it happens later now because most clients get referred from existing clients yeah. but they've done their research and they yeah, know exactly. that hopefully they get they've listened to the podcast or done something just exactly. to get a flavor i think our business fundamentally is about trust yeah um and um yeah i i agree that i agree that like i'm just not into that ego led exactly like big you know like big this is how impressive we are exactly. i think i think being human is more impressive so uh yeah. if that if that loses me clients who are, are up for that stuff i'm cool with that because yeah. what i want is people get the way that we work and exactly. thankfully there's enough of them for us to um to continue to, to 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 do really well one one thing that i just want to highlight we spoke about a little bit already thank you for that compliment as well that means so much <laughs> to me i really appreciate it Lovely. um one thing um uh we've we've touched on is that sitting in silos sitting in our little sort of bunch of people we trust yeah getting um, getting the advice from somebody who, who hasn't you know hasn't particularly sort of trained and worked hard to, to get a level of qualification how do we open those conversations up and I suppose now with social media and you know the the, the way we can communicate should be easier how do we open those conversations up and just get better at, um, having really open and honest conversations about money
3: yeah, I think we've got to make it. And I think that's one thing that I, I always get told I do is make it relatable. I think sometimes we make we make money seem so far away. You know, we, we're talking about ISIS and EISs and VCTs and all of the, and it just blows people's minds. It's just not, I, they don't come to us for that like not because they don't even know it exists until we tell them so that's not why your clients come to you like that and and so for me it's really about coming to it on a normal level of actually helping people helping them understand basic things that are going to help them be better in life and then giving them the encouragement i think what i think my job is to empower to empower yeah, yeah. people. So one of the things I love is that when someone leaves my office, they feel empowered on their journey. So we don't just talk about money. We talk about their goals and what they want to achieve in life and where they want to be and where they see themselves and the things they, that, that, they are, that are stopping them. And actually, then it comes down to a lot of the time it comes down to their childhood and things that they've been through or an experience has happened in the workplace or something's happened to them in their lives and the reason they're spending money in these ways or the reason they move in, the, in, in these ways is actually life experience and then I have to help them decompact that and actually get them to understand that it's hindering them getting to where they actually want to be because you told me where you want to be you know where you are and my job is the bit in between getting to where you want 100%. to be but that you trust, but trust that to help you that
0: that financial target isn't what they want they want a lifestyle that yeah, allows exactly. them to, to 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 get there um and and as you say that live story isn't okay. about yachts and ferraris and all that it's about yeah. I mean typically it's about family for, for a lot of our clients exactly. it's about exactly. helping people it's about support so so yeah it's 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 an interesting one. What do you reckon the biggest would you reckon the biggest um misconception
3: is when people come and see you? I think the biggest misconception i think personally is that people think they're going to be judged. I think yeah. people come to a financial advisor. They don't want to go to a financial advisor. They don't want to come to have this conversation because they don't want to be seen. You see, because what happens is, is that you can, if you have, a, if you have a nice house, whether you own it or not, no one might know because we don't talk about money. You can have a nice car. You can go on holiday regular, and people think you're living the the life. When you come to a financial advisor, I want to see your bank statements. I want to. Yes. I want to see your assets. I want to. See <laughs> it's all laid out, it's, isn't it? It's, it's all laid like out. I want that. to know how yeah. much debt you got. I want to know your credit cards and all. Of, and all of a sudden, people feel like, no, I'm being seen. Like I'm naked, basically. Yeah. And so I always tell people like, I do TV, and it's so hard to get participants to do TV. Yet there's a show called Naked Attraction where people will be actually naked on the television, and that's been running for about I think on like season 15. They do not struggle to get people to be naked on the TV, but we struggle to get people to come on TV and talk about the fact they're not good in the money.
0: I mean the, the challenge we've got is is there there's a massive stigma around money, yeah. isn't there? You know, yeah. it's that element. And I think I think you're right. The starting point is to say <laughs> on the podcast, interestingly, we with over the past sort of, probably six months we've had a lot of really interesting conversations about mental health yeah. and actually mental health used to be talking about the fact that you might be struggling a bit used to be a bit of a stigma yeah weirdly we've got better at doing that we've got yeah. better at having more open and honest conversations about mental health and we you know it's all the, it's all a journey and we seem to but we seem to be moving in the right direction
2: yeah
0: i think we probably need to make that same journey with money right you know we yeah, need. We need to make that same journey um, and and make sure we have more open and honest conversations and put our hands up and go, actually, life's not perfect. I want to know how to get there and and, and, uh, how do I I achieve it? Yeah. So that's part one of the interview. Uh, We're going to have part two next week. Let's get to the end of the show. And as always
1: tis the end of another podcast but the end is never truly the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new
0: well it's the beginning of a couple of things really number one Charlotte Uh you need to promote your stuff, don't you?
1: yes the website charlottedames.com mug of the week might be back up this week because I brought home so I brought I brought some mugs from home here um uh, so that's uh charlotte's underscore mug of the week i think i've got oh. that right um and that's
0: that's my stuff and if people want to get in touch with us which we've got to start the show because we were uh bowled over by russell's italian accent in present, just give that again russ i don't think i will okay just give us your non-foot one mama mia that was okay give, give us your chinese one no don't do that um uh uh, so if people need to get in touch with the show, where can they do it?
1: So you can follow us on Twitter at ola kindness, On Facebook, it's The Kindness Project. Uh, if you want to Google us, it's The Kindness Project podcast. Um, email us at ola, ola at uk. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all of them. I don't know why, but when you said we were doing socials, I thought we were doing our socials, and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> Personal ones. You, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. You can find me at Chris Dames. Uh, I'm all over the show on there. Um, but um, also, you can find us on Amazon, because uh, if you put Grace Dames, The Kindness Project, The Kindness Project book is um, is on there. Oh,
1: it's available interested-
0: now. Sorry? I forgot it was available now. It's, it's available now. We've got a book launch that we'll put in the show notes. Now clearly uh the book launch is only gonna be in the uh, in it's gonna be near us. It's gonna be uh in a horn church in the middle of February, uh, which you can clearly uh come to if you're if you're around. Uh and we'll make sure we put Details of when that's happening on the show notes. When is that it, happening? Is it during uh, the week? Right, when's it happening? It's
1: the 16th of
2: February, Thursday the 16th of February from
0: 6 pm. And and just to mention, the, the Kindness Project is available in a wide range of places. So you can get it on Amazon.co.uk, you can download it from uh, for either Kindle or paperback. Uh, but there's yeah. a lot of people who are stocking it now. Uh,
2: the most vital part that all profits from the book are going to are going to some branches. Hundred percent,
0: yes, hundred percent profits we receive from the book will be going to the charity, and we're really proud of that. Um, on that note, that's it for this week. Have a lovely remainder of the week, and we'll see you on the kindness project. soon.
2: bye. Bye. bye.